If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is a very special one for me. It's going to be the last episode that I record from my home here on the Crow River. I am sitting in my office overlooking the river. It's a little bit of an overcast day, but it's uh, it's going to brighten up later. It's a little bittersweet. Um, I've lived in this house for f- nearly 15 years and have loved every single minute of it. We've extended it, we've renovated, we've created new rooms, we've made it into the perfect home, uh, the perfect home on the water, which is something that I always wanted. The only thing was, was that it is very rural. It's a long way from anywhere. Um, 45 minutes from the nearest decent town. And, you know, when I say decent, I mean, you know, somewhere where I can go to a, a, a good sized supermarket, perhaps go to Costco and go to Home Depot, go to the big box stores, which, you know, I, I don't visit often, but it would be really nice to have them close. And my husband and I have been talking for years and years about, you know, what we'll do when we decide to downsize. So you've heard me talking about the decisions we've made over the past few months. Um, my husband got sick. Um, it sort of made pretty much of an impact on our lives and we made the decision to to move closer to a town and we were just going to buy a house and that would be it but of course no I had to I had to buy a hole in the ground which is what we did we found a hole in the ground advertised on the um, on the MLS and it was a contractor who had uh, he had some time on his hands because one of his contracts had fallen through and he had some land and it's a beautiful about one and a half acre lot on the Big East River, which is near Huntsville in Ontario. It's about two hours north of Toronto. It's absolutely gorgeous uh, area. So we are very close to a provincial park, just five minutes away. And the Big East River winds down from this provincial park, comes right down through the bottom of our yard and then goes out into a big lake called Lake Vernon. And it's not navigable by motorboat, so you'll, oh, we'll only ever see canoes and kayaks and people on paddleboards going past. But it's a huge change, and the, the river, it's actually on floodplain, so the, the house has been built really high up above the lake, about 800 feet above the, lake, above the uh, river, so I'm not going to have this same view as I have now, which because I'm at the moment I'm 66 feet from the river, which is the closest you can build a house uh, on non-floodplain, close to water now. So it's going to be different, but I'm really, really excited. I will be sad to leave, but I'm super stoked to get my new office set up in the new house. And of course, as I mentioned before, I'm build. We have built a two-bedroom apartment in the lower level of the house. And it's not quite a basement. I mean, this, this apartment has, has I think, the ceilings are around nine feet. When you stand outside this house and look up at it, it's huge. It just looks like it's going up forever because it's, uh, it's built down a hill. So the, the lower level, I'm, I'm not going to call it a basement. It's, it's just the, I'll call it the apartment. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to, to set that up for my first guest, which probably won't be till the spring. By the time I get myself organized, get to VRMA in October, and uh, and then go to the Caribbean for Christmas to spend with Mike and Andrea on their boat. So lots of things to do, so I won't get this set up until the spring probably. But it's going to be amazing, really amazing. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting tips and suggestions uh, on what to do. I've been watching the uh, Netflix. I'm sure most of you have been binge watching next Netflix's Stay Here. If you haven't, you know, go on over to Netflix and check it out. It's it's one of the. It's a sort of a typical makeover show. 
but it's a makeover show that we have needed for so long. You know, I've, I've seen some of these being done a little bit half-heartedly on HGTV, but Netflix have really nailed it. And I'm loving it. And I'm picking up all sorts of things that, that I need to do for, for my new venture. Now, my business, my property management business, that's not going anywhere. We are, we, we've had yet another stellar summer. It's been amazing. We've taken on more properties this year than we ever have done at any time in the past. And it, it looks like this is going to continue because I'm, I'm actually going out to see, see two or three more new properties next week. We continue to take them on. So, so that's another, you know, just another exciting thing that we're doing. There's other exciting things that I'm getting up and running now. The summer is over and once the move is over, you're going to see a lot of changes going on, a lot of announcements. Uh, I'm working with Erica Muller from Vrolio on a fantastic project at the moment. Also working with a construction company in uh, California on on the whole issue of cust- building customized vacation homes. So that's that's another discussion we're going to be having as we go through the fall. And uh, and then, of course, the much-awaited relaunch of Vacation Rental Formula, which is going to happen very shortly. In fact, Mike's just on his way over here now, and as soon as I finish recording this, we're going to be chatting about it. So anyway, that brings you up to date on me. And uh, you've probably had enough of that. So what am I talking about today? Well, we are talking about content marketing, because it's right at the top of my mind. As you'll know, having listened to last week's episode with Jodie Bourne about Instagram, you know that I am really focused on content at this minute. And with this new venture I have, I'm really committed and dedicated to making uh, a lot of the content on my new website, which I will be putting together very shortly, as location-focused as possible. You know, this is in a fabulous location in Muskoka with this provincial park close by, lots of summer, winter activities. But I want to make sure I'm doing this really correctly. So I thought I would continue sort of this theme I've had for a week or two uh, about content marketing and and talk to a another travel and tourism expert. And this is someone I had on the show and I just checked it out. It was February the 15th, 2014. So, my God, that's four and a half years ago. In episode 11, I talked to Erin Raub of The Travel Copywriter. We had a great conversation then, but today we're going to be updating that. We're going to be talking about how you can create great content. We'll be talking about uh, Erin's favorite plugin for WordPress websites, calls to action, and generally we're talking about the sort of content that you need to have to capture that traffic to your site. So without further ado, let's move on over to my discussion today with Erin Robb, the travel copywriter. So I'm delighted to have with me again after four and a half years, Erin Robb, calling in from Costa Rica, one of my favorite places in the world. Erin, it's an absolute delight to have you back with me. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad to be back. So what's happened? I mean, when we talked four and a half years ago, you were, you were in Costa Rica then, I believe. Mm-hmm. You were absolutely loving it. So you're still there four and a half years later. How, how's it been for you? What's, what's changed? <laughs> Not much has changed. I mean, <laughs> I still love it. We're still here, still in the same home, still doing mostly the same thing. It's, it's life. I mean, Costa Rica is lovely and tropical and a vacation spot, but for us, it's just, it's just life. It's yeah. wonderful. It's a wonderful <laughs> life, but it's, it's life. <laughs> Have you been doing much traveling? Yes and no. We travel a lot uh, within Costa Rica. Uh, we, I have a young son, so um, if I can minimize plane travel, I do. But we go back to the States once, maybe twice a year. And we're talking about going to Europe maybe for the first time because my son is getting old enough that he, he has a little bit of wanderlust. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but we, we make sure to travel within Costa Rica three or four times a year. Well, that, that sounds like my idea of, of a job. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> I'm just reading through your um, 
bio on on your site, right. the travel copywriter, and saying you became a Costa Rica travel writer for the next three years. I hiked mountains, ziplined through cloud yeah. forests, and snorkeled coral reefs. Yes, yeah, not so much of that anymore. I'm not a travel writer. I'm a copywriter, but. <laughs> You know, I get to travel for fun. I think that's even better. <laughs> so I was reading through your uh, about us section or about me section. It just got mm-hmm. me thinking that I know that, I mean, we're going to be talking about content marketing, but uh-huh. the about us page on a website, I mean, to me is, is the number one page. Everybody has to have one of these because, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just me because that's what I go to. Every time I go to a website, I want to go and see who's behind it, who, who's, mm-hmm. who's put all this together. And I, but I, and I see in your About Us page, your copywriting skills. Right. So I am also a big proponent of the About page. Um, there are people who don't read them and that's totally fine. Um, but my, what I always tell uh, friends, clients, anyone is it's better to write for sort of the widest audience possible. So you write for the people who um, are going to read the about page in this specific example. And you also, you know, you, you write it anyway, even if you know some people won't read it, there are some people who really love an about page. And um, on a sort of personal note, there are people who have emailed me as potential clients who say the reason they emailed me is because they enjoyed my about page. They felt there was a personal connection. And so I am. I'm a really big proponent of the about page. I think there are people who care. There are lots of people who care about who you are. Um, And that's a really wonderful place for your personality to shine on your site and to really pour, you know, your, your, your heart into what you do, especially when you're talking about vacation rentals, which often, you know, is a very personal business. People, buy a home in a place that they love and they have a, an emotional attachment to their home. And the about page is where you, you put it. The rest of your site is more directed to why other people should care, why, what, what you're offering, you know, to your guests, but your about page is really about you and, and why you love this place and this home. So I, I love about pages. <laughs> well, yes. And, and as you can tell, so, so do I. But I, I think, yeah. and you say some people don't read them, but I think possibly in this industry, they're more likely to be read, you know, yes. more likely to be read than if, if you're looking at a piece of software. Exactly. You may not go to the about page for, to, to, to learn all about the developer. But if, if mm-hmm. somebody's going to a vacation rental website, they might want, you know, they want to know perhaps about the owner and why they bought the property and what, you know, what drove them to that location, what they love about the location. As you say, the personality behind um, the person who's put that site together. Yeah, it's also, I I would also almost go so far as to say it's also semi-self-selecting because somebody who, a, a guest, a potential guest who visits your about page is probably going to be or maybe has a higher probability of being a good guest. They care about you. They're probably going to direct their email, you know, their inquiry or questions to your first name because they've read your about, you know, these are just more, I would say, conscientious guests who have maybe the old style of vacation rental mindset where it's more of a personal, like a person to person rental. Whereas like, you know, VRBO and home away and flip key, that's, that's much less personal. Um, and that's where I think a lot of the rental like horror stories might come into play with people who treat it more like a hotel than a home, you know? So somebody who reads your about page is probably going to be a good guest. They want to know about you. They want to know, they want a personal connection with the owner. Yeah, so. I, th- I think you're exactly right there. Hey, let's, uh, let's jump into um, the meat of this, which is uh, content marketing. Yeah. So, so when we talked last, mm-hmm. February the 15th, 2014, Episode 11, <laughs> episode 11. At, at mm-hmm. that time, we talked more about listing copy, you know, what you put in mm-hmm. the listing, right. the title of mm-hmm. it, and how important that was. Right. So, in fact, the, the content of that, for, for, those, for those of you listening, is, is not the same as what we're going to talk about today. So, if you, know, if you like this one, you may also want to go back to episode 11 and hear Erin talk about um, listing copy because that's equally as important. But today we're gonna we're going to uh, focus on the content, the stuff that we should have on our website that brings the traffic right. to it. And you know, believe me, it is not how many bedrooms and bathrooms you have, 
right? <laughs> Let's just start off back to real basics. What actually is content marketing, Erin? The basics of content marketing is driving organic traffic and organic traffic is non-paid. It's not Google AdWords. It's not anything. It's not, it's not anything but somebody, for example, Googling something and, and your website showing up in the Google results. So content marketing is about building content on your website that can be pages, it can be your blog posts, it can be any sort of content that exists on your website, it can be video, it can be anything, in order to drive traffic uh, to your website. And if you want to get a little more specific into vacation rentals, content marketing is is very strategic, it's guest-focused, it is basically building high-quality content that your guests will find truly valuable. How does this actually happen? How okay. does doing mm-hmm. this get people to actually visit a website? Okay, there are various types of content. I'm going to talk about what I'm very familiar with, which is your on-page content, which is you know your various pages like your homepage, your about page, your vacation rental description page, any of that, and your blog. Blogging has a very low, well, any sort of content marketing, but especially blogging, has a very low what we call barrier to entry, which means that it's pretty easy. Um, if you have a website already, if you're familiar, if you're comfortable sort of with WordPress or any other um, sort of blogging software, it's relatively easy to build a blog. Okay. It's minimal investment. Basically all you need is a domain name and free WordPress installed um, and you can blog. So it's low barrier to entry. And what happens is, is you start to write about various topics, and we'll go into this later, related to your destination, usually. There are lots of different ways, and you are, you know, encouraged to think outside the box when you're content marketing, but you're essentially building content that is important to people who will visit you, and what that does is build your site. Google and other search, all the search engines, they like more content. The more content on your website, the more Google understands what you're about. Also, the more you you blog, the more opportunities you have to show up for various keyword searches. So essentially, the more content you have, the more visible you are in the online Google world. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, absolutely. And it uh, it sort of brings to mind some of, we we tell people all the time that you, you must have, you should have a website, right? If you want to yep. succeed as an independent um, vacation rental owner and get a little bit more independent from the uh, online travel agencies. But I see so many um, websites that just get put up there and all they are is a simple listing. Yes. And I would say, especially when you're a small business, unless you're super, 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 super unique, just building a website is not going to be enough. I would almost go so far as to say almost no vacation rental can really de- uh, survive on its website alone without having some pretty awesome content marketing, some pretty awesome content out there. Whether you're building really amazing videos that you put onto YouTube or you're creating an amazing blog, which is what we're going to talk about because that's, you know, my wheelhouse. I'm a, I'm a copywriter. I do a lot of content marketing. I'm not as familiar with video, but video is also video accounts for a huge amount of search traffic. So that's another really wonderful, wonderful way to, to build your content if, if you're comfortable in video. But I, yeah, my, my point is that I, I don't think that any vacation rental website by itself with just the standard pages of like your homepage and then about the vacation home and maybe an about page, that is not going to have enough what we call SEO, search engine optimization juice, so to speak, to drive enough traffic to your website to keep you fully booked. It just, it's just not enough at this point. There is one metaphor that I, li- I like to say. The more content you have, the more front doors you offer for people to walk through. Um, so if you can diversify your content, if you can offer lots of sort of different types of front doors, um, you will have more people come to your site. And that's the reason that I love content so much because it just it opens up all of Google to you. It's, it's a way to get all sorts of different types of travelers to come to come to your site. Can you can you give us some examples of, of the types of front doors you could have? I always tell people, you know, you sort of need to know your guest before you 
before you start building content. And um, for most people, you know, you've already been in the business for months, years, decades. Uh, you know your guests. So the very first thing that I say is, is what, what do your guests care about? What are the kinds of questions they always ask you? You probably get questions about, okay, we're coming for a special occasion, a birthday, an anniversary, whatever. Uh, what kind of restaurants would you suggest we visit? So there's an opportunity for a blog post. And I wouldn't just call it five restaurants in Destin, Florida. You want to be more specific, and we'll get into this in a minute. You would say, you know, five of our favorite restaurants for special occasions in Destin, Florida. So, and then another thing would be what to pack for the beach. So you would talk about that. And then any any other kind of information that people are interested in, you just give them different sorts of... So it's not all about Destin and things to do and attractions and this, that, and the other thing, because it's very difficult to rank for those what we call high-level keywords, which are keywords that are really, really popular, and therefore the internet is sort of oversaturated with that information already. You're not going to rank, unfortunately, for you know, a Destin travel guide or a Costa Rica travel guide. You have to rank for much more specific keywords. But that gives you a lot of opportunities. That's all those different front doors that I was talking about. You know, all the different kinds of content that you offer, all the different sort of topics you offer. That's all a different way to get into your, to your site. Uh, I remember talking to Evelyn, Evelyn um, Gallardo again a number of years ago. She also has property in um, Costa Rica. She was doing videos. No, not so much blogging, uh-huh, but yeah. videos. But her videos were things like, um, and she was answering the questions that people ask, you know, is the water safe to drink? Is it safe to walk down the streets in yep. wherever she was in, in Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's exactly it, isn't it? It's taking the, yes. the, those pressing questions that guests have. And as you say, they've, always, they've asked you those questions already. You've got that information. Yes. You, you, you know what they want to know. Because if one yes. person's and the, asked, then many more then, will yeah. want the answer. And if you follow this through to its sort of logical conclusion, you know that people's first step, like in the age of the internet, people's first step is not to email you that question. It's to Google it, okay? So, um, and a lot, and, and the truth is, is a lot of people don't think to post about, is the water safe to drink in Costa Rica? I mean, actually, people do think about that. Um, but more specifically, is the water safe to drink in Manuel Antonio, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. for example. Most people in Manuel Antonio won't write about that because they're just like, well, duh. Um, but if you write about it, all of a sudden, you could be page one on Google, right, for that one search term. And what that does is, is it pulls people onto your site. They, they search for, is the water safe to drink in Manuel Antonio? They, they, you're the number one on Google. They come onto your site. They read your answer and then your site, and this is something that's sort of next level, but you should always have it in the back of your head. Your site should be designed so that once they read that one blog post, you're encouraging them to do something else. That's called a call to action. And your calls to action sort of direct people elsewhere onto your site, whether it's to say, hey, do you want to read more about um, vacationing in Manuel Antonio? hey, learn more about us. Or in the sidebar, you can have like a picture of your home. And then all of a sudden people say, oh, hey, they're already thinking about vacationing in Manuel Antonio. And now they see this beautiful home in the sidebar and they want to click on it and they want to learn a little bit more about your home and maybe it's right for them. You know, so those that, yeah, those are like the, the different front doors. And it all comes down to the the fact that nobody, well, maybe a few people, but most people don't begin vacation planning by searching for a home or a hotel, right? Travel is very emotional. And so they start with the emotional things. What am I going to see? What am I going to do? How am I going to feel when I'm there? And those are the kind of things that they're going to be searching before they're searching for a home. And you want to catch them in the very initial planning stages before they've looked into other hotels, other vacation rentals, other anything. You want to catch them in that initial phase so that they're sort of into your loop. It's called your funnel, but in marketing. Mm-hmm. But what we're really talking about is they're in your sphere and you're answering a lot of their questions. They're starting to like you. You're building rapport. You're showing your expertise. And then you are also saying, and hey, we have this lovely home that might be perfect for you. And and so you've caught them really before they've even looked at your competition. And you may all just get a booking before they've even looked into anybody else because 
you've captured them. They like you. They know that you know what you're talking about, um, and they trust you. And there you get a booking. So, so tell me, tell me this, Erin. I've see, I see a lot of websites where where they're they're really having a go at doing some content marketing, and you you go through mm-hmm. and and look at these content pieces, but they're not spending much time on it. What they really what they're really doing is just giving you a list of links to other places to go and find the information. Now that seems right. to me um, just just a wasted effort because all you're doing is sending people out to another site. There is a time and a place, I think, to link to other, um, other sites, you know, if there's something really, really specific, like for example, if you're talking about, uh, I'm going to use Costa Rica just cause I'm so familiar. So let's say you're talking about, um, the current conversion rate. Absolutely. You can link to a currency converter, mm-hmm. you know, but on your, let's say you're writing a blog post about, you know, how many dollars, you know, how many colones do you get for a dollar? You're going to want to list a lot of examples. You're going to want to get some content up there. You're going to want to say, you know, typical things. So not just like, well, you get 570 colonas for one dollar, one U.S. dollar. No, you're going to want to do more like, OK, well, this is the standard conversion. But at that point, yes, you may be able to link to your favorite online currency converter. But the actual website, you don't want to link to other people who have talked about cost of traveling in Costa Rica, anything else. No, what you want to put on your site is, OK, so you can probably get souvenirs for about this many colonas if they're this many colonas, you know, um, you're, it's really about this many dollars, a typical restaurant meal, an inexpensive meal might cost this, and a you know, mid-range meal might cost this, and a really special meal might cost this in colones, and that's, this, that's how much this is in dollars, this kind of thing. You want to build out your information so that your piece of content is pretty much self-contained. You don't want to be linking out to all those other places that are also talking about the same thing. You just want to, you want to talk about all the meat of it, and then if there's a really specific thing that's not really your direct competition um, to link to, go ahead and link to it. But no, I mean, if you're trying to build a Manuel Antonio travel guide, don't link to other Manuel Antonio travel guides. Keep it on your site. Make sure you do lots of internal linking to other things that you've created. And, um, you know, if you're planning on creating something, uh, instead of linking out to somebody else who already does it, say, you know, coming soon, we're going we're gonna to cover this topic and I will link to it when we do. That kind of thing. It always seems that it's just a wasted opportunity sending people away to another information site when you're able to give your take on that info and put your personal touch on it. Yes. And also the one thing I'm going to say is, is when you do link to other sites, make sure you, um, have them link, open in a new tab. Um, and that's just some, that's really, that's something you can do via your, um, HTML or WordPress makes it really, really easy just to check a box that says open link in new tab. So that at least they're not navigating away from your site. Yes, I, I, I learned that quite late on. That um, uh-huh. when you're putting that hyperlink in, and then you you yes. can just click on that edit button, and it gives you the box to tick that says "Open a new tab." Otherwise, yes. otherwise, it's just taking out of your site onto yep. somebody else's. And you know what people are like when they're surfing. You're lost. They're, you're 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 lost re- forever. Yep. Now. <laughs> yep. Okay. So so let's let's talk a bit more about the 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 body of content. What makes good mm-hmm. content? What I like to tell people is, you know, it's 2018. The internet is well, relatively well developed at this point. Um, there's a lot of information um, available for free online. So the idea of ranking for what they again call high-level keywords, which are very competitive keywords, for most people is pretty difficult. Okay, it would be unlikely to rank for something like. Costa Rica travel guide or even something like Manuel Antonio travel guide, right? Because there are people who have done it. When I say this, one thing about Google is, is they like established content. If you're going to write the absolute best Manuel Antonio travel guide, like an actual book, okay, you might rank on page one. But generally speaking, if there is another site and in, in this mark in Manuel Antonio, there are many. Um, if there are other sites that have already created 50 pages revolving around the Manuel Antonio travel guide on their website and they're nicely written long pages, then they're, because they were written five, 10 years ago, they're going to still rank on page one. Uh, you don't have much of a chance of getting a new site unless it's far and away better than what's already exists, rank above an equal website that's much older. You want to go for um, 
what are sometimes called long tail keywords, which in reality are more specific keyword searches. So instead of trying to do Manuel Antonio travel guide, you're going to build individual pieces of content. So for example, individual blog posts around very, very specific keywords, key phrases. For example, instead of that Manuel Antonio travel guide, you can try to rank for the five most secluded beaches close to Manuel Antonio. Okay. And in your title, you want to use the words like near Manuel Antonio or close to Manuel Antonio, because that's what people search for. Always think, how do people search for it? In your post, obviously you can elaborate and say, you know, this is within 15 minutes of our home. Um, so these are the five most secluded beaches within 15 minutes of our home. But yeah, when you're building your content, think about those more specific keywords, because here's the deal. It's much, much better to rank on page one of Google for a low volume search than it is to rank on page 10 of Google for a high volume search. And, and what that means is, is being on page 10 for Manuel Antonio Travel Guide gets you nothing because nobody who's searching for Manuel Antonio Travel Guide is going to make it to page 10 of Google. Whereas if only 20 people, 50 people a month search for secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio and you're on page one, well, you've now gotten 20 or 50 people a month onto your website. If you can climb your way up to result one on page one, maybe even result one, two, three, they get almost all the clicks. So everything you do needs to be geared toward ranking one, two, or three on Google, preferably number one, because they get the lion's share, obviously, of, of, of all clicks. You know, I, I always th think of it as spaghetti against the wall thing. You know, if you throw mm -hmm. out enough spaghetti, some of it's going to stick. Right. Um, and it's a bit like persona-based marketing when you market mm -hmm. just directly to a very few people. And then you th you've yep. got this thing that you think, but I'm missing all those others. And this is the same thing, isn't it? Just to be to, to know that you, you might only get 40 or 50 people looking at it, that those eyes are all on that, um, that content that you've created because that's asking, answering their specific question. Yes. And keep in mind, maybe it's only 20 per month, which sounds painfully low. You're like, why would I ever want to blog about something that only 20 people a month even search for? Well, the answer to that is, is a lot of this is what, again, another term people call marketers call evergreen content. Mm -hmm. And what evergreen, what is that? Okay. They say green and fresh year round. Okay. Well, that's what this is a lot. Certainly there are certain topics that you could write about that are changing. So like red tide right now in Florida, that's going to change in a month, a year, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not evergreen, but evergreen content are the topics that your guests have asked you about for years. So something like a secluded beach close to your vacation home, they've always asked you about that and they're going to continue to ask you about that or, you know, beachfront restaurants or, you know, literally anything, the things that people have constantly have always asked you for, they will still always ask for. And so this is evergreen. It was fresh in 2010. It will be fresh in 2020. Um, and so yes, 20 people a month sounds painfully low, but then when you multiply it over a year, all of a sudden you have 240 people over a decade, that's 2,400 people. And it's evergreen. They will always search for it. So you write it today and it's good for many, many, many years. And that means many, many, many people on your site over time. And, you know, again, keeping in mind, we're talking about vacation homes. All you need are, and I know this is very, very, this is simple, oversimplifying it, but all you need are 52 renters a year who want to book a week to be booked solid. Um, so it's, it's good numbers. It's good numbers for vacation homes. It's made not so good numbers for a huge, you know, company, but for a small business owner, these are good numbers. Long tail keywords really, really work. Yeah. And, and even, even for a larger company, it's, it still works because it, it brings, yeah. if I've got, if I've got 50 people a month coming in, um, and they're looking at, uh, you know, that they've got a choice of all my 200 properties then they're going to go and share this with their friends. So, you know, it, 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 it does continue to bring the traffic in. What, what some people find difficult is actually creating this content. We can talk about it a lot. Right. You know, how, and I know, I mean, I get, I mean, I'm sure you do get writer's block occasionally. 
if you're and I'm I'm a writer and have been for years and if if but if you're not you know how do you start what mm-hmm. what sort of style oh. should you go for right okay so another one of the reasons that I love blogging so much is sure you can farm it out to a writer if you if you don't have the time or you don't have the desire or for whatever reason but blogging is so casual um so personal that I do believe almost anybody can do it if they want to do it. It's very conversational. Whereas writing for your website, I feel, or, you know, more formal pieces of content feels like, you know, there's sort of like a weight on your chest. Oh my gosh, am I doing this right? What am I doing wrong? There is almost no wrong way to blog. It's as if somebody called you on the phone and said, hey, Heather, what are the... If I want to go to a secluded beach near 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 the home, where can I go? And this is your answer to them. You can write it in a very conversational style. It doesn't have to be perfect. Sure, there are things that you should do. You should use some bold text, you know, to to highlight really key things. Um, you should sort of format your post in such a way that it's somewhat scannable. Like if you're listing five beaches, make sure that the beach names are listed. You know, one beach name and then the little description after it to beach name and the little description after it, you know, make them easy to read. But other than that, the actual writing style is so conversational, so casual. You don't need to feel pressure or stress. So you just start writing literally as if you were having a conversation. Um, and you can set it up like that too. If it makes you feel more comfortable, you can write your posts however you want. And literally, if you want to write it as a question and answer, sort of an FAQ style, you can do that. You know, what are the five best or most secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio? Hey guys, thanks for asking. And then you just start answering the question. Mm-hmm. How do you start? You just start. <laughs> you just write um, and and take the pressure off. You don't need to feel stressed about writing a blog post. That is a great answer because I, I think there's a lot of people who sit there and they, they'd love to do it, but they, they think there's there's some sort of magic magic thing out there that said this is the right way to do it and there really isn't you just no share what you, you just, have with yes. the people who want the information exactly and and along the way yeah make sure you proofread like I would always say after you've totally finished writing what you're writing go through and read it out loud I, I read every single thing that I write out loud because your eyes tend to skip over errors but when you're reading it they become much more uh, obvious so read it out loud And, um, as I said, try to do some formatting. We're all pretty familiar with this because the internet is well formatted at this point. Um, you know, use some title, you know, header titles, bold, some text that's, you know, important. And if it makes sense, use some bullet points or like one, two, three lists, just things that make it a little easier for people to read. But yes, most, the most important thing is that you get the content out there. You want it to be probably at least 300 words, 500 words is a little bit better. Um, but don't stress out about it. If you're answering like really quick questions, 250, 300 words is perfectly acceptable on a long thing. You, you know, you, you can write really long content if you want, because long form content for a few years out there, they, the internet said, don't do long content. Nobody reads things anymore. And now they've swung. And I never, ever agreed with that. (laughs) And now the internet has sort of swung back the other way and they say, well, people read short stuff and then other people read long stuff. So Mm -hmm. it really is however you want to write, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Um, and, and really don't feel pressured. Don't, don't let yourself get caught up in that mental, you know, loop of this isn't good enough. It is good enough. Any content is better than no content, period. So just write. That's great advice, Erin. Tell me about the Yoast SEO plugin because I know my my niece, I was speaking to my niece a couple of weeks ago and she's a lawyer and um, she she, she specializes in a very specific part of the law and has her, she's just started her Mm -hmm. own WordPress website and she's writing blog posts and she she just Mm -hmm. loves, loves this plugin. She said she's not a natural. I, I do too. <laughs> she's not a natural writer, but she said I can uh-huh. just open this up and it tells me what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong and what I need to do. Yes. So, so just, just it's brief, wonderful. Briefly explain what it is. Yes. Okay. So Yoast is basically if you take everything that we've talked about so far and then you try to add the SEO, the search engine optimization element to it, Yoast is what you need. It's uh, there's a premium version of the plugin, but the free version is absolutely enough for probably 99% of the people who are listening. 
Um, and basically, uh, it's a search engine optimization plugin. It works with WordPress. It may work with other um, uh, CMSs, but I'm not familiar with them. So I will say for sure that it works with WordPress. And basically, um, SEO used to be really, really complicated. Um, and it still is to some extent. There are professional SEOs out there, and they're absolutely worth um, worth every penny. But for most people, you, and especially like what we're talking about, all we're talking about really is on-page content, which means the thing, the SEO and how it um, applies to what you're writing, okay? And SEO, uh, Yoast is all about that. And I am, I'm, I love this plug plugin. I absolutely recommend it for everybody because what it does is it helps you focus every piece of content that you write on a specific keyword phrase. So backing up to our previous example, um, the secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio, um, you'll use your logical imagination to sort of say, okay, what is the best keyword? And this is where you sit down and thinking, you think, are people going to start, and you can, there are tools in Yoast, but this is sort of more complicated. Just think about whether you want to try to optimize the phrase most secluded beaches, deserted beaches, whatever it is, and whether you're going to use the words near Manuel Antonio or close to Manuel Antonio, Okay. You put that into Yoast. You say, this is the free phrase that I want to optimize for. So, for example, secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio. So Yoast knows that that's the phrase that you're optimizing for, for this specific piece of content. And it goes through a list, essentially, of on-page elements that you need to make sure that you, it's a checklist, that you need to make sure that you've done. So these include things like, Keyword density, that's how many times you've, you've written that specific exact phrase in your post. So secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio. And you want to reach, a, I think the minimum is about 0.5% keyword density. Um, so if you had a 200-word post, you would want um, it listed one time. If you had a 400-word post, two times. I think that's the right math. And so there's keyword density, there's your page title, your page URL, image metadata, which is just when you upload an image to WordPress, you can create um, a, a description and an alt tag and a caption. And that's what the metadata, is. well, the caption is not, but the, uh, the image title and the description and the alt tag, those are all uh, image met metadata. You don't need to know that phrase. Yoast will just say like, <laughs> Yoast will just say like, you need to include the alt image tag. You need to have um, secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio. And then it also lets you upload a custom meta title and meta description. And <clears throat> again, these are fancy words for something really, really simple. What that is, is, you know, when you Google anything, so secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio, the Google search results show you a page title and then a little description of what that page is about. Those are your um, meta title and meta description. So there are other things, but it's basically a checklist and Yoast will make it green, yellow, or red. Red means like warning, warning, this is really important and you don't have it. Um, or green, which is, yeah, you're perfect. Don't even, you don't even need to look at this right now. And then yellow means um, this is semi-important and you don't have it. Um, and it, so it's really, really easy. It's wonderful. It sounds really, really complicated, but if you install it, um, you'll see that it's very, very, very easy to use. It works wonders. I will say that, you know, basically anything that you really, really want to optimize for, um, work hard enough with Yoast and you will find yourself on page one, you know, again, talking about those more specific key, um, key phrases, not necessarily Costa Rica travel guide. <laughs> yeah, no, you've been using a great example there. And uh, and I love yeah. that. I, I need to use I need to use that plugin more often. I I, I forget it's there, and I should uh, spend a little bit more time on it. You mentioned earlier on about calls to action. So so let let's finish off yes. just by talking about what a call to action is and a, a, a couple of examples of CTAs that owners could use. Calls to action or CTAs are very much what they sound like. It's literally a call to some sort of action, um, and that's essentially the idea that after everything that you do on your website, every piece of content, um, you want to basically lead people to the next step. You don't want them to just read your piece of content and then X out of your tab and never come back, like what we were talking about earlier. So a call to action says, hey, wouldn't it be logical to do this next? So for example, um, on your blog, let's say somebody has just read about the most 
secluded beaches near Manuel Antonio. Uh, you sit down and every nothing about any of this is mystical. Like it's very logical. Just sit and think, okay, if I were on, if I were a vacationer, what would I want to do next? After I had read about the most secluded beaches, what might I be interested in? Me, I think you might be interested in more information about Manuel Antonio. So a logical call to action would be to read more posts that I have written about Manuel, you know, vacationing in Manuel Antonio. So you could say, you know, hey, want to read more about, about travel to Manuel Antonio? We have this whole blog category about it. Another logical call to action in that same example would be to say, you know, hey, we regularly talk about all the different things that you're interested in for Manuel Antonio. Why don't you sign up for um, our list and we'll email you blog updates every time we publish something new about Manuel Antonio. So those are two like very specific blog calls to action. It's just a direction, isn't it? So, so, yes. So yeah. don't, it's a suggestion. Don't, yeah, don't jump out of the site now. Why don't you go right. here or here or here? Always, always, always think of it logically. You don't, you're not trying to force people to do something they don't want to do. You're trying to show them that you, you are the prov- provider of more of what they want to do. You know, like you have more information they seek or whatever the, the given situation may be. It's, it's very helpful. You know, again, it's not a forced thing. It's, you're really, you're extending a hand and saying, let me help you. I know you're here for a reason. Let's dig deeper. There's huge amounts of really good information here. And, I, you know, I, all, when, what I really want to do is just encourage people to start thinking about their website and the difference, and, you know, not, not to get bogged down in, in the actual task of writing, but really start to think about what they could write about and just pick, mm-hmm. pick up a pen yeah, and just keyboard start, and just give it a go. Yes, yes. Just start writing, da- like start jotting down a list of anything that comes to mind. And nothing is too silly for content marketing. There is somebody out there who is asking the question that you might think is silly. Um, you know, pull together all the questions you've ever gotten from your guests. Even if you already have like a, a, a guest book that has questions in it, you can repurpose that content. And it's very, very easy. In many cases, it's as easy as a, like a sort of copy paste um, with maybe a little bit of edits for, for the web. But just start, start jotting down a list of anything and everything you could possibly think about as a blog post or, you know, a video or whatever other piece of content you, you plan to create. Yeah. And, and really, it, it really is easy. You've written a number of installments on your website. Um, call, mm-hmm. You call it the Zen of travel content marketing. So it is mm-hmm. everything you've been talking about here, plus a ton of other stuff is available mm-hmm. on your website. Yeah. You've got six parts right. in there. And, and those are long blog posts. They are. <laughs> um, and what I'm doing, <laughs> and, and again, you know, I, as I said, I do believe in long content. Um, I think there's a place for it. But what I'm also doing is, is I'm pulling together, I'm updating a lot of that information and I will publish a sort of like a how-to uh, guide that you can download on the site when this podcast comes out. You can absolutely also read through um, the Zen of content marketing. A lot of that is still, you know, really um, up to date, even though it's a few years old. So there will be a, a free download and then as well um, the the blog series. Well, I will put a link on the show notes to um, to yeah. that free download. So for anybody who awesome. is listening now would like to learn more about content marketing and and you know from listening to Erin that she knows what she's talking about and it's going to be written really, really well. So, so, um, so head on over to Erin's uh, website at the travel copywriter. And uh, as I say, I'll put the link on the, on the show notes and go download that, uh, that um, uh, document. So Erin, it's been, yes. yeah, I'm, I don't know how time got away from us. It's just seemed to have whizzed past, but but you've delivered some great content on content. So thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Really. It's, it's always fun. Well, well, I hope we don't have to wait another four, four and a half years before we do this again. I I hope not. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Erin Rob. That was, that's amazing. She is so passionate about, about this whole issue or, the, or this whole topic of 
copywriting and the fact that it's not difficult. Now, let, let's not forget that Erin does this for a living. She does travel copywriting. So if you absolutely don't want to do it yourself, then she's probably the person you need to talk to if you want someone to work with you on the content for your website. Um, so, you know, go to the show notes, get Erin's um, information and get directly in touch with her. As you can tell, she's a very, very easy person to talk to. Very chatty and is is very quick as well to get into the... In, to, to focus into what your needs exactly are. You know, I really encourage you to to get in touch with her if you've got any questions on copywriting or if you feel that you could um, you could take advantage of her copywriting skills. And uh, and of course, go to my website, Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and uh, and you can get the link to go download the um, the longer information on how to write good copy for your vacation rental website. So now I have, now I've recorded this episode, I'm going to start packing up all my, all my audio equipment and my computer and hopefully, hopefully when I get into the new house, set it all up again in the right way. I will be taking photographs of my equipment so that I know where all these, um, these cables go. Because unfortunately, you know, I don't really know what they do. But if they're in the right place, then they seem to do the trick. So I'll just take a photograph of, you know, rather than understand how they how it actually works, I'll just take a picture and then make sure I set it all up in exactly the same way. And then it will go back to working properly, we hope. So that's it for me. As you can tell, I'm sort of, um, you know, getting a little bit um, flustered about the, the thought of another move. Only move number 27, this one, in my life. Um, but it's been a few years since I've, I've done it. So off I go. And I will be with you again next week. Um, next week's um, episode is with the wonderful Amy Highnote of VRM Intel. We recorded that a couple of weeks ago. And I'm really pleased to be publishing that next week. Because I will be in, you know, deep in the depths of the move next week. So, uh won't be able to do another record. Um, I won't. I won't be doing a fresh recording. I'm just giving you the one that I did with Amy. Okay. Thank you so much for being with me this week, and I will be with you again very soon in my new location. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.